You're listening to Money and Meaning, unlikely allies building new markets for impact. With your hosts, Lindsay Smalling and Liz Maxwell. Check out our website, socialcapitalmarkets.net. Let's join the conversation. Welcome back to Money and Meaning. I'm Liz Maxwell, your host. Today's episode features an interview with Joel Solomon and Akaya Winwood, two unlikely allies who have been working in this field for a long time, but are new to a collaboration that you'll hear us explore on this episode. Akaya Windwood is the president of Rockwood Leadership Institute, an organization that provides transformative leadership trainings for social change, nonprofit, and philanthropic communities. Joel Solomon is co-founder and chair of Renewal Funds, Canada's largest mission venture capital firm with $98 million under management, and author of the new book, The Clean Money Revolution. Together, Joel and Akaya have created a new leadership development program in association with RSF Social Finance that works with emerging visionaries and financial activists to help them leverage money as a creative tool for social change. You can find out more about their work at rsfsocialfinance.org slash integrated hyphen capital hyphen institute. And you'll hear us unpack what that is on today's episode. And also our website, socialcapitalmarkets.net, will have a blog post featuring this episode and links to where you can find out more and connect with them. Before we dive into the episode, just a reminder that we are less than two months away now from SOCAP 18, our annual flagship conference in San Francisco that gathers 3,000 attendees at the intersection of money and meaning. People often ask us who the community is at SOCAP, and one of the things that makes it really special in the space is that it's a true convergence, a big tent of people who approach the intersection of money and meaning from lots of different sectors and vantage points. So it's a real cross-section of impact investors, philanthropists and foundations, entrepreneurs, conscious corporations, intermediaries and service providers, truly a sampling of the diverse and growing impact marketplace. We just released the 13 themes that we'll be featuring at SOCAP 18 this year. So you can check that out on our website Uh, under the SOCAP 18 section. There's a themes page and there's still time to get your ticket. If you want to join us in San Francisco, you can use the code SOCAPPODCAST to save $250 off your ticket. That's S-O-C-A-P podcast. And now today's episode. Hi, Joel and Akaya. Welcome to the SOCAP podcast. Thank you both so much for being here today. So let's dive right into it. Let's start with Joel. Joel, what are you passionate about these days in your work? What are you working on? And how does that lead your work to intersect with Akaya? My work is focused on the meaning of money, its purpose, and how it aligns with our values in life. We have got to take responsibility for where our money is, who it's affecting, and what places it's affecting. And I work on that in a variety of ways. I consider it the most important task that we've got as 
people who have affluence and access to money that we direct it to what we really believe in. And can you say a little more of when you start working on that with people, is it usually a new concept to them? How do you intro people into that work who aren't familiar with it? Well, the first thing to say is that money has a hypnotic effect and all of us want to look out for the security of our families and ourselves. And that makes absolute sense. But money has become bigger than really the global world religions and everything else. We just want more of it. So my work ranges from an investor in mission venture capital to talking with people that have more than enough money to help them understand how their money is actually affecting some of the most important things on the planet and about the responsibilities and the opportunities for doing really powerful, good things in life as we redirect our money with consciousness and intention. Yes, absolutely. That's one of the things I said on the opening episode of this podcast is there's so much out there and there's so much, once you have the consciousness and intention around it, so much you can do, so many places that exist for your money. So that's excellent that your work is all focused around helping people do that. And Joel, how did you meet Akaya and how do you all intersect in some of your work? Well, I've known Akaya for a long, long time, for at least two decades. Mm -hmm. And uh, Akaya and I both are involved in leadership development work in one way or another. What was interesting was when RSF invited several of us to put together a program called the Integrated Capital Institute. This was about the practical part of why money is such a powerful tool, why it is a justice issue, and why we have to take better responsibility for it. So when RSF got me involved in this and our colleague, Marion Moore, we thought about who would be a really brilliant third participant with us to lead a group of emerging visionaries and help them think about all of the dimensions that money could be used for, all the creativity and all the possibilities for social change. So we approached Akaya knowing the brilliance of her leadership training and her facilitation skills and felt that she would be the perfect match to work with us in supporting a next generation of, of leaders to take this to next levels. The Integrated Capital Institute is a really magnificent model, something that in the SOCAP community, I don't know, we've seen any other program exactly like that in terms of leadership development. Just to mention to our listeners, we'll be sure to put links to the Integrated Capital Institute in the description for this episode so you can find more and learn more about the next rounds. But Akaya, I'd love you to just talk a little bit about the focus of your work overall, what you're passionate about, and what you really feel like is the most important work that you're engaged in these days. Well, you know, I'm passionate about leadership, frankly. Right now in this country, we're not seeing very good examples of it at the national level. Or we're seeing some really good examples of it at the national level. But where it comes to the folks who have the real power, not so much. So I'm really passionate about particularly the next generations of leadership. And as a boomer, that means folks who are, you know, millennials and Gen Xs, because it, I think it's their time to lead. And those of us who are of a particular age need to step back and create space for the next generation. That I'm very passionate about. And so how I think about my role as a person who supports the leadership of others, and, and when I say others, I'm talking primarily people who have been disenfranchised from traditional leadership. So women, people of color, LGBT folks, all those folks who have been historically on the margins of things. I'm really wanting to center their wisdom and 
their realities of their lives in what it means to lead now. Yes. And Akaya and Joel, I'd love to hear you both speak on this, but in the programming and the work of the Integrated Capital Institute, how you work with the fellows and new leadership development there, do you find that it's, uh, I'd love to hear more of what that program entails. Is it about really centering new strategies and values or expanding networks of how they approach that? Or Akaya, what you were just saying, is it sort of recentering who's in the room? Just what are some of the most important pieces of that work and how you all approach it? Well, I can say it's a little bit or a lot of all of it. There are a lot of folks, really brilliant leaders out there who have been making social change around racial justice and gender and all the things that happen often in the nonprofit context who are doing amazing work. They're brilliant strategists and thinkers and writers and visionaries, but who have seen capital or money as the problem when in fact it's just a tool. So there has been a real hesitancy, I think, around owning the tool. And I don't mean it in terms of owning too much of it, but using it as the tool that it truly is, which means getting something done. And so many social justice activists have been trying to do their work without very many resources and viewing those resources with a suspect eye rather than seeing it, this money, as a, an integral part of the work we have to do. So my part of what was interesting to me was interrupting that notion that money inherently is a bad thing and seeing it as a tool, much like a computer or a capacity to communicate. It's a tool and our, that we have to learn to use it wisely. And so I was very interested when Joel and Marion came to me and said, how about this? My first reaction was, oh, no, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> and then I had to take a step back and go, actually, I do know some stuff about this, but I know it was in a particular context. So I was interested in that intersection of money, social change, and leadership. You're listening to Money and Meaning. I'm Lindsay Smalling, and you can find out more about SOCAP 18 and SOCAP 365 at www.socialcapitalmarkets.net. Joel, you were just saying of money more powerful than world religions and the ways that social change activists need to understand this capital piece and how to use it. Yes, it's been exciting to work with Akaya as we move through this and understand where we can intersect around it because people are very asleep about money. There's almost only one topic about it, which is I need more of it. And that is, as I said earlier, completely understandable for people that are struggling and don't have enough. The work that goes on and needs to go on with those of us that have affluence and sometimes massive affluence, far more than we could possibly use for ourselves, just points out the, the pressing need for a more fair, safe, and inclusive economy. If we don't do that, Given the challenges on the planet today, political challenges, justice challenges, ecological challenges, and social ones of all kinds, we're headed for a really bad outcome. The awakening that needs to happen now about how this tool of money could be used to craft the world of the future in a good way, it's a massive undertaking that needs to happen, but it could happen very quickly once the, the kind of hypnosis 
of more money as the only goal in life can shift to how do we create a better future with it? And if all of us align ourselves in that direction, or the more of us that do, the more that it becomes normalized and accepted that the responsibility of money is to invest in a good future for everyone. So I really agree, I think, is that you know, if we're going to reinvent the economy, and it must be reinvented, the folks who reinvent it have to be all of us. It can't just look like the folks who originally invented the economy back in the 40s and 50s, where a bunch of old white guys sat in a room and said, let's figure out how to represent an economy that suits us. The us has to be expanded now to include all kinds of voices that who have, who have not been at the table. That's what's exciting about this integrated capital intensive is that our intention is to rethink finance and support these next leaders who are going to be the ones who will implement that, the new economy with new tools and new products, but with the relationship that look like the country as opposed to a specific demographic. So it's clear that we need an economy that is inclusive, that is feminized, indigenized, and that does bring all voices and perspectives in because we're in this together. And if we're going to have a long-term future that's good, we are going to have to deal with massive population growth, ecological crisis, social crisis of all kinds. And money actually is an important key to that. We can make choices. We can make them every day. We can make them at large scale. We can make them at every scale. And we need to change the situation where African-American families have close to zero net assets and white Americans have six-figure net assets. This is not a formula for a safe, stable future. For anybody. This current system ostensibly, quote, benefits some folks over others. I would argue that it doesn't actually benefit anybody. Any, you know, the system right now is so unstable and so fragile that for folks who feel like their safety is based on the stability of our current economic system, they're in trouble. And equalizing and creating a financial system where everybody has a certain amount of stability benefits everybody. So I think we're in a moment where we have a huge opportunity to reimagine what our economic systems can look like that are inclusive, that include all of us, and that all of us contribute to and are active in creating. Now, there's work on both sides. So for those who have been historically not part of the system or have been, uh, in the case that Joel just put, give us an example, for African-American folks here in the U.S., I think our net what is it? It's about five or six dollars negligible. Have to be part of the conversation as we rebalance or find a new balance for how we allocate resources, particularly in this country. Again, we're coming down to this notion of who who are the actors here? Who are the leaders in this work? And we're all very interested in making sure the next leaders as we reimagine the financial context, looks very diverse and interesting and bring many, many perspectives to the work.
Well, I love the frame you're both putting on it with the inclusive economy as really space for everyone and a role for everyone to get engaged and that that's a mandate, actually, because I think just listeners of this podcast and the SOCAP community at large and more broadly, the space that I believe the impact space needs to participate in includes that real wide variety of stakeholders and, Joel, as you were saying, those with affluence and access to means and wealth advisors and financial advisors, people managing other people's money, those who have access to means themselves. We just have so much of that conversation at SOCAP, and I know there are so many folks looking to move their money, and the grassroots activism side, folks who have been historically not included in the conversation. I hope this podcast can reach a wider audience of those folks to come in and really meet each other, because we absolutely, as we're saying, need all voices in this conversation. I'd love to hear you both talk a little bit about the first cohort of Integrated Capital Fellows that you had and any surprises out of that, the first round of working with these new leaders in this space, or how is the experience and what are you hoping it continues to build into for future rounds of the fellowship? So this is where the whole purpose of the Integrated Capital Institute comes into play, which is there's nowhere currently, or at least I'm not aware of the places where this can happen, where we actually look at money If we're going to, in either way, whether we own money or whether we're going to influence money, the fact that we might think of it differently and the whole purpose of it as a tool to do good in the world with. And so the Integrated Capital Institute is bringing together some likely and less likely people. It's a very mixed cohort. And what's been surprising and enlightening is as we talk about the underlying psychology and really meaning and purpose of money, it evokes a lot of strong feelings uh, from sadness to empowerment and excitement. And what I hope is going to happen is that the Integrated Capital Institute will simply have been an early catalyst that enables universities, businesses, uh, conversations of all kinds to start to shift how we understand what money is and what its purpose is, and then get into the deeper tools and methodologies for how we get that aligned in our lives, in our education systems, and uh, in our economy. You know, I love this first cohort. It was messy, and we, in many ways, had no idea what we were doing, and we were making it up as we went along, and trying to be very responsive to the needs of the cohort, and the cohort was a very diverse one. So people coming from small rural towns in the Midwest to folks working in big organizations on the coast, and everything in between. Everybody, everybody there. And the faculty and the Deb Nelson over at um, RSS Social Finance and Tina Beck, we all knew that this was an experiment. So for the most part, people entered into it with good heart, good intention, and we hit some bumps. Of course we did. What was most surprising to me was how surprising the need for community was to some folks in the cohort. So many people are used to leading alone or trying to do their thing in isolation that given the opportunity to actually gather with not necessarily like-minded, but like-hearted people, I think that a lot of things came up about who's included, who hasn't been included. What does it mean to be a part of something? What does it mean to be a community or not? And people approached that from very different places. We got there. 
strong community was built, but it took some work. As a result, though, I'm hearing some wonderful things where people who would never have known each other are creating some mutual projects, are exploring some collaborations that would not have happened. So I, the surprises, I think, will still be coming for a while as this community of leaders continues to connect and grow. And then we've got the next cohort coming. It was really exciting. Wonderful. There's two directions I'd like to go from here, actually. One is a story or stories of someone in in the cohort or just sort of examples of the work. I think that can often be really helpful to people to kind of ground it. So I don't know if there's anything there. And then also on the challenges and difficult parts of this work, Kaya, you were just alluding to this some, but either challenges that the fellows are facing, challenges is something we want to talk about in these unlikely ally partnerships. So doing the work that is new and difficult or just challenges that you both face in really trying to move this whole market system and into a more inclusive economy, just where you see those core obstacles are. There's at least one new wealth management company that is going to come out of this uh, cohort that I think will push some edges and uh, offer new kinds of products to people. There are some collaborations that are going across geographies that will do similar kinds of things, bringing uh, connections that have wealth behind them to people that are uh, doing social change work in their communities. And the cross-cultural partnerships are very powerful. We think that giving access is one of the most powerful for people learning to uh, speak well together and to understand each other and create these new collaborations is a very, very powerful outcome because what will happen from them is others will get inspired and new possibilities will emerge, open doorways of access, especially to people that have had less of it. Human creativity steps in at that point and the uh, diverse group of people that we're working with are going to create some things that are going to surprise us and excite us in the future. And I would say that access goes both ways. While folks who have not necessarily had access to resources are gaining greater access, folks who had access to perhaps resources but haven't had access to communities other than their own are gaining access to thinking and approaches and worldviews that weren't available to them. So there's a lot of accessing of things beyond just money going on in the cohort. We, We hit a bump around race. For sure. Race was a challenge. And it's a challenge in the country. I won't go so far as to say in the world, although it is. But the kinds of awkward conversations that are going on in the country went on in our cohort. Although, let me be very clear, there were no white supremacists in the, um, the cohort. So we weren't having to grapple at that level. But You know, there are folks for whom a conversation around race and justice and gender and class are a very familiar conversation. And there were people for whom that was a very new conversation. We had to grapple with it, grapple with some of the disappointments and the historic traumas and pain all around. We did. And it was an important moment, I think, for the cohort when we went into that hard place and came out of it more deeply connected to one another. So what originally was a challenge became a a gift. That's just part of the work. And as an older white male with some money and 
influence and power. I have to say that for me to have the opportunity to participate here, share what it is that I know, but also listen a lot, learn a lot, and make new kinds of relationships has been extraordinary for me. And the opportunity to have a chance to be in that position is going to go on for many different groups of people across the landscape because we're going to need that to move forward together. What I'm noticing is a lot of really well-intentioned people who want to do good on the planet and for humans and all of that and who aren't quite sure how how to go about that. I'm wanting people to make an effort to reach toward people who don't look like you. And that's on both sides, right? I think those of us who have been over on the side of making social justice need to reach beyond our echo chamber and reach to folks who think differently than we do, but who are of in common purpose in many ways, and vice versa. Because this emerging sector I think is the way out, or the way through, the transformative opportunity. If we can all get in the same space and grapple, because we will, but also create new possibilities, frankly, I think that's, that's really our only way out of this dilemma that we're in. You're listening to Money and Meaning. You can find out more about SOCAP, at our website, socialcapitalmarkets.net, with a list of our upcoming events, including our annual conference at the Fort Mason Center in San Francisco, October 23rd to 26, 2018. Yes, and I love the language that you guys use around the Integrated Capital Institute training financial activists. I think that's really fantastic and speaks a bit to this merging of worlds and needing people to come together in new ways. Money is so underutilized in terms of what it could be doing. And it's a tragedy. And hopefully we're making at least a small contribution. Great. Well, Joel and Akaya, how can people stay in touch with your work and follow along and get involved if they want to? What we're doing over at Integrated Capital Intensive can be found on RSF Social Finances website. We're just about to see a new cohort, so it's exciting days. Certainly encourage people to look there. Joel is doing all kinds of things up there in British Columbia and the rest of the world. Maybe, Joel, you can say how to be in touch with you. So... In addition to the integrated capital work, which I hope that people will take a look at, I've recently done a book called The Clean Money Revolution, Reinventing Power, Purpose, and Capitalism. And you can find that at uh, all the places that you get books. Also, I continue my work with Renewal Funds, which mission venture capital firm that I talked about earlier, a really important to me educational retreat center up in the islands of British Columbia, Canada, called Hollyhock, where we hold all kinds of variety of gatherings, conferences, uh, and, and work with important teachers to look at the underpinnings of how we end up living our lives as humans that goes from the personal to the professional and has an underlying social change uh, intention around it. So that is hollyhock.ca. 
And Akaya, no, we didn't talk much about the Rockwood Leadership Institute today, but do you want to say a few words about that as well and how people can follow along? Sure. So I'm actually in transition. I'll be leaving Rockwood at the end of the year. However, it's a great place for folks to develop their leadership skills and develop their skills in the context of community. So our fundamental program is the Art of Leadership and It's open to anyone who wants to up their game and be in the work and learn some some great tools. And so that can we can be found at www.rockwoodleadership.org. I'm also connected to Opportunity Collaboration, which is a conference, an international conference for folks who are working to end poverty um, globally. And we just had our very first national convening. But this is a great opportunity for people to, who are working not just in poverty alleviation, but social change in general, to come together with folks who are from all over the globe who are working on solutions to some really wicked problems. And that is www.ocimpact.org. So good ways to connect up with what I'm doing these days. Thanks so much for listening all the way through today's episode of Money and Meaning. Before we close, I wanted to share that we have several events coming up before SOCAP 18 this October in San Francisco. Through our SOCAP 365 program, we have a panel event coming up in Boston on Tuesday, September 11th. This is our first event in Boston. It's going to be excellent. We've got a great panel lined up for a conversation on capital for communities and the Boston Impact Initiative will be there, along with the Boston Ujima Project, North Star Asset Management, and Reinders McVeigh Capital Management, moderated by the Center for Economic Democracy. That same week, we have an event in Austin, Texas, on Thursday, September 13th, and that's going to be on tech and impact, featuring a variety of entrepreneurs, investors, civic and fintech folks at Impact Hub Austin. That's September 13th. And we'll also have events on investing in climate drawdown in Seattle on September 26th, business design and finance for a circular economy in San Francisco on October 9th, and investing to end poverty in Philadelphia on October 10th. So all of that's happening before we all gather for the flagship in San Francisco at SOCAP 18. And a reminder that if you still want to get tickets for that, that you can use the code SOCAPPODCAST. And all of this information you can find on our website, specifically SoCap365.com, and you can see the upcoming local events and get tickets for those that are near you. Thanks. See you next time. You've been listening to Money and Meaning, Unlikely Allies Building New Markets for Impact, with your hosts, Lindsay Smalling and Liz Maxwell. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are heard. To learn more about what you've heard, check out our website, socialcapitalmarkets.net. You can also follow us at SoCap Markets on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening.